Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, kicks off a brand new series titled Supernatural. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Amen. Hey, man, amen. Delighted to be with you. Glad that you are here. Welcome to our campuses. Can we say hi to South Shore and Plant City? Give them a big hand. What's up? Pastor Hector, Pastor Michael. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. A lot of festivities over the weekend. You know, there's some pretty success must be in the water here in Tampa Bay, right? Like the rowdies and the rays and the lightning and the bucks. And somebody said, the bucks. You guys are fired up already for the bucks. They're wild bucks. Game's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You know, uh, how many of you remember the bucks weren't very good? (laughs) You remember that? A little suffering in the sombrero? Yeah, things have changed a lot, right? Uh, the Lombardi Trophy is uh, on the line here this weekend later. They're also a team that has some historical things taking place here in Tampa Bay. The first team in NFL history to, uh, to, to really uh, host the Super Bowl and to play in their home stadium. Two other teams have played kind of around their cities, but this is the first team. We are the first team in 101 years to play in our own home stadium. And they, bro- they, they broke the curse, uh, right, of home field advantage when they beat the Saints and the Packers. Sorry, cheeseheads. We love you to play at home. Uh, we don't believe in curses anyway, do we? No, nah, we don't believe in curses. No curses. The only thing uh, next to sorcery the Bucks have to deal with today is Patrick Mahomes. That, that is one good, I mean, that is a young man that can play some football, right? I've never, never seen anything like it before. There's some other cool things, though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are really a a diverse team. The first time in NFL, I don't know if you know these. Maybe you've heard the other ones before. Uh, The first time to get to the playoffs and then to the Super Bowl with uh, three African-American men leading the offense, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams uh, coaches, and two females, two ladies on their staff. First time in NFL history with two ladies on their staff going to the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah, and then probably uh, one mention, Tom Brady's our quarterback. <clears throat> probably, just probably a s- small thing, tiny, tiny thing. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. We, we appreciate you coming. Sorry, Pats fans, we do love you. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so for Saints and Packers and uh, Chiefs fans, we send our condolences. God is, God is not on a side except for this weekend. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. We, uh, we do thank you for all the great things that are taking place in our city. And God, we just pray that that would manifest in your church. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen and amen. If you've got a Bible, turn there to Matthew chapter 6. 9 through 13, we're starting a series called Supernatural. We'll look at that in just a second. Uh, I want to start with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, supernatural, the manifestation of the presence of God. The uh, presence of God perceptible in our lives. In other words, um, we all want to take that thing that is non-corporeal. You can't see it, and then we want, we want to see it. How many of you want to see your prayers answered? Oh, Come on, Jesus. How many of you want to see uh, uh, somebody who you love that's been dealing with physical things healed? Just 
Oh. And even the deeper things on the inside, I mean, sanctification for the believer, for us to, to grow into faith and love and forgiveness and joy and peace and patience and kind I'm, I'm just going to go into the fruits of the Spirit. Just that that would manifest on the inside of us, that the, the presence of God would be made perceptible. That's what supernatural is about. So with the Lord's Prayer, here's the framework that we kick off the series with. We started it last weekend. You can go back and look on First Wednesday, uh, and I talk about some special things there. If you want to reference, I'll, I'll mention it again here in a second. So, uh, uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can see it on the screen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. You can join in, everybody who, everybody who is Catholic, but you can't say it. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay? Okay, so it's not a dirge. Some of you know what a dirge is? Somebody said no at the Tampa campus. A dirge is a song. It's actually called a song of death. You just drive it into the ground. Okay. Give us this day. Here we go. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. This is the Pentecostal version. And ever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus. So what we have here is, uh, and you, you can take a couple of quick notes here as a framework, and then I'll, I'll refer to the framework during the series. We have uh, the expression of our Heavenly Father, right? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, He is worthy, hallowed be thy name. He's worthy to be praised. And then we have the clashing of two kingdoms, and He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've got an eternal kingdom and we have an earthly kingdom, and God is saying, I want that kingdom to come to this kingdom. I'm asking, what I'm saying to you is that kingdom is bigger than this kingdom, and I want you to host the kingdom. Here are the keys to the kingdom. Uh, give me my bread, Lord. And, and that, there's nothing short of this word. Give me my bread. God, that I might eat every day and that I might fill my life and my heart with this bread and instead of kind of reading it and doing this thing, that I would do this. God, give me this. Fill me up with this nourishment every day. And secondly, God, uh, let forgiveness be the thing that flows out of my life because if we don't forgive others, what happens to our prayers? Right? They get stuck at the ceiling wherever we pray, but God says, if you have an offense against your brother or sister, go and forgive them so that your prayers might ascend to heaven. Forgiveness. God, keep me from being caught up in the trespass with others. Lord, deliver me, lastly, from the evil one. Let me not be tempted. Instead of saying to the Lord, uh, God, here's the third key. Instead of saying, Father, um, how... <laughs> How many of you uh, are tempted to sin when you know that it's a sin? Okay, let me explain. Don't raise your hands yet. You'll indict yourselves. Okay, you walk by a, a fence and there's a hole in the fence. You never see the hole. 
There's just a knot. There's a hole in the fence. Until somebody paints a red bullseye around the hole and says, do not look in hole. <laughs> I'm pretty curious at that point. I mean, I, I'm fine until somebody points it out. And see, that's what the law does for us. And Jesus is saying to us, Lord, let me not be tempted and so what he's saying is, is when I walk by that thing, if I was going to, let's say you're a kid and you pick up a rock and you really have the urge to you know, break a window or it's accidental, whatever it is, and then you go, ooh, I can break a window. And you try it again. God is saying to us, I want you to be sanctified in the way that you pick the rock up, you have the urge, the temptation, but the Spirit of God falls on you. And you say, I have the strength not to break the window. I have the strength not to talk to them at the water cooler. Somebody help me now. Somebody help me, Jesus. I have the strength. I'm not going to break the window over and over and then say to God, God, I know that you're a God of forgiveness. Forgive me after I break the window. I, I, I'm going to have the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit in me so that I avoid the temptation so that I give glory to my heavenly father. So that I give him, so that I give him in advance what he asked me to do. Now I'm powerless to do that. I'm powerless to do that. I need the Holy Spirit. Deliver us from the evil and this spiritual being uh, that roams to and fro throughout the earth. You know, he was hurled down from heaven. Behold, I saw Satan fall from the heavens like a lightning bolt. That's what Jesus said about Satan. He is a counterfeit king with a temporary kingdom. The kingdom is this thing that we walk around in the world and we see power and authority and strength and most of it comes from money, right? Just go, uh-huh. Money, power, strength. But that kingdom is subject to another kingdom. The currency in that kingdom isn't money. The currency in that kingdom is prayer. The currency in that kingdom. And that kingdom is bigger than this kingdom. You see, the fight isn't between God and Satan. The fight isn't between Jesus and Satan. The contest on the field is between believers, sons and daughters of God and Satan. Why? Because God wants to prove through broken, disparaging, sinful man that his spirit is dominant in every realm for all times and all seasons when the Holy Spirit comes out of us and we say to the enemy, you have to back up. Why? Because the Spirit, he who lives in me <laughs> is greater than he who lives in the world. Yeah. He who lives in me. <laughs> Supernatural is about hosting the kingdom of God, hosting the presence of God. Hosting the life of God in us that we might see the kingdom come. Wouldn't it be an amazing year in 21 if everywhere you went, people said, what's up with you? What's, what's up? Not in a weird way. Not in a weird way, but in a really cool, amazing way. What, what kind of, what kind of, what's, what is that? What is, what is that? What is that? It's perceptible on you. There's something that's on you that is, uh, it's almost supernatural. How do you love people like that? How do you smile like that? How do you um, not, when people say something to you, you don't, you don't react and uh, man, you just, wow, what, who's the God that you know? Ha, how about that on a Monday? Who's, who are you carrying inside of you? Because God wants to show that he is uh, supreme in every realm at all times. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. 
You know, if we're going to live this supernatural life, and didn't Dr. Mark Rutland do an amazing job last week? He is just like, woo, he's fire. I mean, he is mm, par excellence. If we're going to live this life, we need, we, need, we need two things. And we need to know our, our identity. God, who am I in you? Who am I? That's where we start. And then we need really deep dependency. Really deep dependency. Okay, so identity. I was thinking about the intersection between the natural world and the supernatural world. And I want you to know, just with a backdrop here in Tampa Bay, I want you to know God has a team. Let's think about that for a second. You're it. God has a team. I'll say it again. God has a team. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, we're called the saints. Some of you are just like, ding, ching, 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 ching. Wait, God has a team, the body, the church. You are part of the body of Christ, and you are the playing force on earth to prove to the enemy that Jesus is Lord. You, you, we face the enemy here on earth with the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. We face him. And it's so important that we understand our identity. I, I came from Catholic background. A third of our church came from or are coming from Catholicism, and the hardest, one of the hardest things for me was to think of of being a saint, 200 and, do you see the halo? Does that help? Some of you, now listen, don't be offended, please. Can you smile? Smile with me, come on. Some of you are like, ooh. Just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be derogatory, really, I promise. I, when you think about 220 times in the New Testament, in the Greek New Testament, 229 times in the New Testament, the Bible refers to you as a believer, you. If you believe in Jesus, you are a saint. Now, I don't mean a patron saint. I mean a New Testament filled with the Holy Ghost, fire coming out of your mouth and your belly, Jesus crucified saint. I had a hard time. I really had a hard time with that because we understand we're not worthy. Everybody right? We're not worthy. And so when you think of a saint, you think of somebody who lives a holy life, a very holy life, and somebody who doesn't sin. And God finally convinced me. He said, it's not about the outside, the shell of your life. It's who's on the inside. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and he wants you to have a holy, pure life, and he's never sinned. That is sainthood. So what I'm trying to do in this life is I'm trying to get my flesh, everybody with me, to agree with who lives in me. Come on, that's sainthood. 229 times. Uh, there's a, a young man that I, I want you to see, and I just want you to see a, a very short uh, uh, video. His name's Nick Wojcik. And, and I want you to just, I want you to see, some of you are familiar with him, and I want you to just see just a little snapshot, and then I want to go, I want to talk about our identity one level up from this, okay? Now listen, he's talking to a general audience, a very broad audience, and we'll take it up from there. Okay, check it out, it's very short. I had some tantrums of saying, I can't do this, this is too hard. When I was a kid and comparing myself to everyone else and saying, I can't do it, I'll never be able to do that. My parents always sat me down and said, look Nick, yes, there are things that you can't do, but don't say, I can't do it. Ask yourself, 
how can I do it? You know, there's ways around it. You can get from one side of the mountain to another, but you don't just have to walk over it. Maybe you can go underneath it or around it, or, or there's always ways in, in achieving the same goal. The way that I've achieved in my life doesn't always look the same for everyone else. But the key to that success was I believed in myself. If someone else could do something, then I could try and work out how. It starts with believing in yourself. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give it up. Okay, so now let's go up a level. <clears throat> that is a broad exhortation to people in the world. I want you to know that Nick is a devoted believer of Jesus, and he speaks all around the world about the Lord Jesus, who is uh, inside of him. So that's a little bit different message that he's speaking to everybody out there to try to open the door to listen to his message. Here's what I want to say. It is wonderful to believe in yourself. It really is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to believe in yourself. It's a whole nother thing to look at yourself and whatever deficiencies you think you might have. Don't we all think we have these crazy deficiencies? There's some people who are like, mm-mm, no, no. I'm free. You don't know me. Well, I think, I think human beings, I think we, we really think we have a lot of too many deficiencies. Your identity isn't who you are out here. Let me say that again. Come on, Jesus. Come on, church. Listen to me. Your identity isn't this earth suit. It's the supernatural that lives inside of you. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you. It's who you are. It's not who you are. It's who you are. It's really who you are. Nick proves that. It's who you are. And it's great to believe in yourself. It's a whole nother thing to believe in him who's in you. Come on, church. Come on, church. Ephesians 3.20, not a him who is able. Those of you who know the scripture, not a him who is Not a him who is Come on. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You're saying able. Not a him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. us. According to the power that's at work within us. It is not, I'm not powerful, you're not powerful, he's powerful. We're we're not, not, see the world looks at the outside shell and it's all about appearance, intelligence, money, education, all those things. And God says, yeah, but my team is a totally different team. When, when, I, when I call on a team, when I call people to love me, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they've been through. It doesn't matter how broken they are because I'm perfect. And I live on the inside of them. And when I feel that team, I'm feeling the team for myself, for my glory. I see God sees you not for what you're not. He sees you for who you are because he's in you. Come on, church. Come on, church. So the Lord has a coaching staff. Um, and, and I know it's just a little bit, a, a little silly connection, but he does. And Ephesians as well, the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastor teachers. When you come, when you come to the church, we, those five, that five-fold ministry, outfit you to live this life in Christianity. So you get Ephesians chapter 6. You get dressed up in the Lord to walk this spiritual life out. Uh, Jesus, have you seen the, 
have you seen the, uh, the picture of Tom Brady and he's like this and it says, our savior? Have you seen it? You, you haven't seen it? Check it out. I, I, just, I, I just want you to, hey, listen, Tom's done great things for Tampa. Amen. Come on now. Come on. Thank you, Tom. But I'll tell you what, there's only one savior. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one savior, one king of kings and one lord of lords. The true savior of the world. I'm glad Tom is here. Thank you for saving us. <laughs> Pretty special. I mean, Tom is a six-time champion. Is that right? Somebody shake your head. Six-time? What? That's pretty crazy. <clears throat> but we have a king who is an all-time champion. Forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He really is the greatest of all time. <laughs> He's not a goat. <laughs> He's lamb. Now I'm just messing around, y'all. I'm messing around. This thing's popping in my head. I'm just... Sorry. I love you. God has a team, he has a staff, he has a savior. He even has, uh, he even has bowls. He does, God has bowls. They're spoken of in Revelation. And this is where our dependency comes in. In, in Revelation, it talks about Revelation 5. If I could get the words out. <laughs> Revelation 5 and Revelation 8 and Revelation 17 and Revelation 19. It talks about these bowls in heaven and our prayers ascend. If we're going to live a supernatural life, we've got to know who we are. And we, gotta, we have to find some dependency in prayer. We really have to find our, our place on our knees. Because that's the currency of heaven. That's the, the only thing that takes place on earth. Yes, yes, yes. The only thing that takes place on earth comes from the effort of prayer. Anything supernatural comes from our prayers in heaven. And so let me give you the scripture references really quickly. 5, 8, 16, 1, 17, 1, 21, 9, the chapter of 19 before that. And so uh, 8, 5, Revelation 8, 5, here it says, Another angel, Christ, stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with prayers of all God's people. On the golden altar in front of the throne, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God. They ascend. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. There's an eternal cycle. Every prayer that you've ever prayed is still alive. Come on, that's good news. Our prayers are eternal. They never die. They cycle from earth to heaven, and then they're purified they have to go through the fire. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't answer every prayer you've ever prayed? <laughs> Lord, let me marry Cindy. God. You know, no, her name is Tamara. So aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God doesn't answer all of our prayers? They're, they're purified first because he knows what we need. And, and then they amass, they live forever, they fill these incredible bowls in heaven. It's like incense going up from earth and your prayers and my prayers, they're mingled together, they're purified by fire and then they fill in the bowl and 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 fill in the bowl, in the bowl until the bowl gets all the way to the top and then that one last prayer tips the bowl over and God answers. God answers with fire and thunder and lightning and so think about Moses, right? 
The people of Israel were in bondage to the Egyptians for 200 years. That's a pretty long time. And so, they, so, so think about being under that uh, weight, digging in and, and that taskmasters. And so they're trying to come up from underneath that weight and they're crying out to God. Uh, Hebrews, some say almost a million people and they're crying out to God, God, help us. How many, how many have been praying? How many have been praying this last year? God, help me. God, help me. God, help my family. God, help me. So every day they're out in the heat. God, help me. God, help us. God, help me. God, help us. 200 years is a long time. And so all of those prayers are going up. They're filling the bowls of heaven. And then a guy named Moses takes a walk one day. Let's just say it was a Tuesday. What's your hardest day of the week? Tuesday? Maybe we say Wednesday, hump day. So Moses takes a walk on Wednesday. And God, that final prayer from 200 years goes up on the same day that Moses takes the walk and the bowl from heaven is poured out and Moses walks to this ordinary thing, a bush, and it's a set on fire. And God speaks to him and says, deliver my people. Go say to Pharaoh, set my people free. Set my people free. And so I want to encourage you. Listen, I want to say to you, some of you have been praying for a long time for somebody to be healed, right? Some of you have been praying for a year or two or five. I want to encourage you, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep praying. Because on our regular, so here, here's what we miss a lot of the times. Here's what I've missed is that I say, Lord, I'm asking you to pray. And then I don't hear or see anything right away. And so I go and I go, man, that prayer must have just disappeared. No, it's not vapor. It's being cleansed, but it's being added into that bowl. So there's one day that I pray that, you know, when you just go, hey, Lord. And before you get it out, you say, hey, Lord. And the answer comes. The reason why is because you've been saying, hey, Lord, for a long time. And it's on that day that the bowl tips out in heaven and God responds and hears. And he responds with fire, lightning, his voice. Uh, the uh, apostles were in the upper room and they were praying. And for generations, people had been saying, when is the Messiah going to come? Jesus comes to the earth. He's crucified. He's buried. Everybody, he dies. And everybody's like, man, we have lost the battle. And they are up there praying. And that last prayer goes up. The bowl tips over and Jesus walks through the door. Here I am. And he, he'll do the same thing in your life and mine. He'll do the same thing. It's that last prayer. I want to, uh, listen, I want to encourage you. Some of you have been praying over health issues and, and God says, keep praying today. Keep praying some of you have had uh, 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 issues with your family, and, and I know because we see the stats, and I know because we, have, we actually have families, and all the trial and the difficulty with COVID and all that's taking place, there's, there's extra stress on families, right? Just, just go like this, we're very big. Yes, there he is, Pastor. <laughs> Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Depend on the Lord. Trust the Lord. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then some of you are, you've been doing, you've been doing the right thing. How many of you just get tired of doing the right thing all the time? Come on, somebody be holy with me. Somebody help me out. 
it's really easy to do the wrong thing. I can eat six pies this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. You, you guys think I'm kidding. My wife actually knows I'm telling the actual truth. I drive, I leave here, go to Publix, and just have a heyday. <laughs> then I don't feel very good. But I could do it again the next day. Super easy. And what God is saying to us is he's saying, keep doing the right thing. Come on, keep doing the right thing. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Let's commit right now. Let's commit right now. We're going to know who we are in Jesus. We're going to, we're going to solidify our identity in Christ. And we're going to say, if I'm going to live this supernatural life, I know Jesus is in me to live it. And I'm going to find my dependency on my knees And in that dependency, I'm going to say to God, God, come on, we can clap. We can do it. Come on, clap it up. I'm going to do the right thing. Why? Ah, Not out of straining, not out of all those things. I mean, I've learned over the years, listen, I can take a little break. I can take a four-hour break coming off of fasting and having a tough year health-wise and all that stuff. I want to eat everything I see, right? I want to be on the seafood diet. I want to eat it all. But I know that the Spirit of God lives in me, and so I'm not going to listen. Super Bowl Sunday, you guys have fun. I'm not preaching to you, okay? Eat whatever you want today. Eat everything you can. All right, seafood diet. Bless you in the name of Jesus. All right. Some of you leave going, he said not to eat cake or pie in Super Bowl. I'm going I'm to fast today. It's his fault. Okay, don't do that. I'm saying we're going to find our dependency, and then we're going to say to the Lord, Lord, I don't have to do all that. I actually feel better not doing that junk. And so so let's push that into sexuality. Let's push it into being angry. Listen, you commit to do what's right today because you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you commit, no matter what they say, come on, come on, can you picture somebody? Just live for Jesus. You're going to have somebody tell you all kinds of weird things. They're going to tell you, you know, you're this or this, you're a Bible thumper. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, I'm going to live for Jesus. No matter, no matter the insults, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus. I am going to live. I'm going to just live for Jesus. There's a big celebration that happens after the Super Bowl and all the confetti. And I want to tell you, there's, uh, there's something for us too. There's something for us too. And those players, they give everything in their lives. If you talk to a professional athlete, they've given everything in their lives. Sacrifice over and over and over and over for that Lombardi trophy. And that's a wonderful thing, right? Come on, go Bucks! That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. We have something, we have something greater. Uh, Revelation 19.5. Uh, uh, I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard, so I'm saved. I'm a saved person. Some of you know Bible translations, you'll get that in a minute. Verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you servants who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard the sound like a great multitude. Ah, Isn't it awesome to be in the stadium? It's super fun. We're going to be in another stadium one day when this is all over. We're going to be in another this hurts. 50,000 is a multitude, 100,000, whatever. We're talking about millions. Whew. I'm actually getting chills. We're going to be 
like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder and shouting, hallelujah, 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 for the Lord, God Almighty reigns. And we're going to take every accolade and every crown and every trophy and we're all going to line up. Millions and millions of people and every one of us are going to come before Jesus and we're going to take off that accolade and we're going to lay it at his feet and say, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. We glorify you. We love you. <laughs> Woo. Woo. To join me in praying, Father, thank you for this day. <laughs> thank you for all the great things that are taking place. We pray, come on, would you join me in praying for the supernatural? We pray for our identity, our dependency. How many of you today, just across campuses, just by the show of hands, and we won't hold them up for long, just by the show of hands, heads bowed and eyes closed, how many of you want to live a supernatural life? Would you slip your hand up? Wow, oh, wow, wow, wow. Hold them for just a second. Father, hold them just a second. Father, impart to us that which is more than natural. First, anchor who we are in you. Jesus, it's you. It's you and us. And then God, give us dependency on our knees. First and foremost, on our knees. In Jesus' name, you can slip your hands down. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, every voice today, we're going to trust Christ as Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, today's the day. <laughs> I know I've sinned. I give you my life. Come on, I give you my life. Every part of it. Come live inside of me. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. Don't forget, you can watch all of our messages on demand, plus get videos for your kids, students, and young adults on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. And don't forget to download our app where you can access all these videos, this podcast, inf info on upcoming events, and more. Go to wearecrossing.com and click on iPhone or Android to download the app. Thanks again for joining us, and we can't wait to worship with you next weekend.